Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm Charlie. We tackle some of the world's coolest true crime and paranormal mysteries. I break down true crime murder mystery cases. And I bring you the history behind some of the scariest enigmas the world has ever seen. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> that was, that. you got some acapella going on. Call me pitch perfect. Don't trigger me <laughs> like that, I feel like. I, that movie triggers me. Everything yeah, about it. <laughs> I bet it does. You love it. Yeah. I love I went it. through a hyperfixation phase with Pitch Perfect that lasted like two years. Like it was it was really bad, you guys. Like it was it was awful. It was while two I was working or is at Build a Bear. Still going on. It's not going on anymore. I You're on Stranger Things shifted. now. We all know. I that. am. Yeah, I am very much on Stranger Things, so <laughs> I actually, um, I, I joined a D&D campaign because oh! I, yeah, I did. I did do that. Um, I spent all last night with one of my friends coming up with like a character and like going through it. So I can oh! keep you guys updated on what's going on yes! through the entire process. Um, it's not going to start until September because August is the busiest month of the year for seemingly both of us, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's fun. I'm confused already, but that's fine. I can't wait to hear about it and learn more about it. Yeah, I know, I know nothing, um, other than I really, really want to eat the dice and that's, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> Charlie! I know, but like. If they didn't want to make it look like rock candy, they shouldn't have. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about your character. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I still have to come up with a backstory, so um, that's going to be really fun. Maybe really big into acapella. Super big into acapella. Definitely <laughs> part of like the, the like elfin college acapella group. Like, It's totally going to work. <laughs> that's funny. I'll start with this day in true crime history. So, Jul- actually, the day we're recording today, July 26, 1908, the FBI was founded. Interesting. You know, I never really thought about that. Like, I always just thought they were there. Right, but they, they actually, like, there. at one point they had to, they weren't there. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I, uh, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um... July 27th, 1981, six-year-old Adam Walsh was abducted, and um, do you know about that, like, who Adam Walsh is? Um, is he the one that, like, is that why we have Code Adam? Yes, yes, yes. So okay. Adam Walsh okay. is actually the son of John Walsh, a.k.a. the host of America's Most Wanted. Uh, so, uh, what, when his son went missing, he was a very big advocate on, like, trying to find him and like just missing children in general after his son um which is totally a case that i am very interested to cover eventually yeah i don't i don't know anything about it yeah i just yeah because of that he um yeah became the host of america's most wanted i and code adam which uh if you don't know what code adam is in like the retail uh world it's kind of like the code for missing children so if you go to like different stores and stuff like that um, you'll see like a little sticker somewhere on like the window door or something like that that says code Adam uh, then July to this is not really anything to do with true crime but I just know that y- 
you would get a little giggle out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but July 28th, 1929, uh, the future first lady, who we now know as uh, Jackie Kennedy, was born. Good for her. And I just, but, uh, actually, no. Not good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my brain was like, Jackie Kennedy is not a Kennedy. She yeah, is. She's, she's, I she don't, married she into literally, it. She married yeah, into it. Yeah, she did marry into it. Um, but I just... I mean... I saw that and was like, I guess I'm just going to see how many weeks we can go with having a Kennedy. Literally, we should see if we have a streak. Right, right. Because I think right now we're on like three or four weeks. So We're definitely on three weeks right now yeah. of having a Kennedy-related fact. Exactly. For people who hate the Kennedys, <laughs> we talk about the Kennedys a lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> okay, and then my last one is July 30th, 1999. Uh, the Blair Witch Project was released. I love the Blair Witch yes, Project. Great movie. Yeah, it um it was actually filmed near where I was born. So um, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I I know that a lot of people thought it was real, which is why it became like such a big thing because right. it was like one of the first found footage films. Right. So, it's just so yeah. realistic. Yeah. It um, is. It is. Okay, and I found three questions. So pick A, B, or C. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, B. B. Okay. If death could drive, what do you think it would drive? A Cadillac. I yeah, picture, like a black Cadillac. Yeah, yeah. I picture. I don't know. I kind of picture like a dead horse-drawn carriage at the same time. Oh, that would be sick. Yeah, and maybe like be really sparklers cool. on the top. <laughs> Well, you lost me at the sparklers. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, not, but like sparklers, not in a fun way, like kind of like a kind of way. That's really fair because I've only seen sparklers in a fun way. So I don't. Yeah, I think. It's I don't like know. There are other types of sparklers. Way. Like you would see them and go, oh, no. Like, oh, God, death is coming for me. I see the sparklers. Yes, but definitely if it was a car, a Cadillac. Right? Like, yeah. I think he, Death would be really into, like, the classics. Like, do you think... He definitely would have some, some like, oh, yeah, I want to I wanna drive, like, a Thunderbird or something. Cause cars so, like, today not suck. like a Miata? No. <laughs> not a, maybe, like, a Subaru Crosstrap. <laughs> Honda Civic? <laughs> a Honda Civic, but only a Death is a gay woman. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, I live in a granola town, so I just, that's all I see. It's a granola town. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Um, Granola's like all the hikey, hikey bitches, all the people who like (laughs) nature and stuff and have like eight different pairs of hiking boots. And I respect it. I really do. That's just not me. (laughs) What story you got for us today? So I actually have a story within a story. Ooh. I'm going to tell you an urban legend first. Ooh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm sure you've heard it before, but a man and woman pull into a deserted road. They turn the car off and let the engine settle around them. The man leaves the radio on and leans in closer to the woman. And then the music cuts out and a crackling radio broadcast fills the cab of the car killer on the loose have you heard that one are we gonna talk about clowns 
We're not going to talk Thank about clowns. I promise you. Ugh. I promise okay. you. But, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people associate this urban legend with clowns. Um, I hate them. I think I've been I, I don't enjoy them. I yeah, I definitely them. don't enjoy them. Okay. <laughs> now that I'm not going to throw up. No. This is actually uh, the urban legend with the two kids that sit in the car and uh, an ex- they usually say like, oh, an escaped mental patient right, right. Um, got out of the wherever he's at yeah. and uh, comes to murder you. And the guy's always like, oh, no, I'm going to front. Like, you know, yes. it's totally fine. And they both ended up dead. Yes. Um, yeah. So most of the time the couple is slain where they sit, but sometimes the girl gets away. Legends like these have a purpose. For many, it was used to scare teenagers from sneaking away from drive-in theaters in the middle of the movie. But every urban legend has an origin, including this one. Ooh. Yeah. So today, I'm going to talk about the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. I have never heard about this. I I have. I um. There is a very good documentary uh, called Urban Legends, where four urban legends are like kind of analyzed by this filmmaker, and this is the one that stuck with me the most. They, you know, the urban legend of clowns is tackled in that Ooh. one, too, so maybe don't watch it. Um, but they also do, like, when the babysitter calls, and uh, this was one of the main ones, okay. was the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Cool. So, highly recommend. It's very good. It stuck with me forever. Like, I've literally watched it when I think I was in middle school, so. Oh, wow, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> So Texarkana is a small town in eastern Texas. It's right up over the border of Ar- Arkansas. I always want to say Arkansas. Arkansas too. I it's Arkansas, but it's right over the border of Arkansas. It has a population of 3600 people today, and it seems to have like a very active art community and leans into the history of the town. It's kind of uh, a college town now because Texas A&M University is located there. Okay. Um which is kind of one of the bigger colleges. Yes, yes. So it's yeah, super it's, big it's in like my kind field. of a quaint town. Obviously, agriculture, yeah. whatever that. <laughs> All the fun stuff. So we're going to go back to the year 1946 when it was a little less so of a college town and more of just your small Texas town. On February 22nd at 11.45 p.m., Jimmy Hollis, who was 25 years old, and his girlfriend Mary Jean Larry, Mary Larry, which is really funny to me, um, (laughs) she was 19 years old, pulled their car onto a small dirt road that was named Lover's Lane. It had that reputation for a reason. It was known as a popular makeout spot for most young adults and teenagers. Cute. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's what people, the road happened to be called Lover's Lane, um, but a lot of roads are called Lover's Lover's Lane Lane now. Like, it's just, that's what it is. So Jimmy slowed the car down not far from the closest row of homes and settled in for the night with Mary. However, 10 minutes later, a man drawing a white cloth over his face uh, started to shine a flashlight through Jimmy's window. It was later stated that the mask was kind of weird and like messily cut, kind of like it was it was quick because it looked more like a pillowcase with two holes cut into it, um, <laughs> which is a little comedic, a little I'm silly. not going to lie. He was, <laughs> a little he was silly. Feeling a little, he was in a silly, goofy mood. 
he was he was <laughs> so jimmy rolled down the window and actually laughed because he thought it was a prank but when the stranger said i don't want to kill you so do what i say all humor quickly left the situation the stranger ordered that the couple exit the car there he instructed jimmy to disrobe before he took the pistol he was carrying and slammed it twice down onto jimmy's temple knocking him unconscious the stranger then told Mary that he wanted her to run. She turned towards the ditch, but he specified that he wanted her to sprint down Lover's Lane instead. Mary found an abandoned car about half a mile away. There she was caught by the stranger once more, and he demanded to know why she was running in the first place before he used the barrel of the gun to assault her, and he then ran off away from the scene. What do you mean, why did you run away? You told me to run away. Literally, and I mean, that that's like one of the biggest clues for me is like, he he literally said, run, and then... He's like, hey, she, excuse, she did. hey, excuse me, ma'am, why are you running? <laughs> yeah, exactly, what, hey, <laughs> why are you running? <laughs> hey, ma'am, quick question. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Like, <laughs> me, me picturing this mass assaulter having like, an incredibly high-pitched voice <laughs> literally i don't even know what his voice sounds like um it's like the only thing people said is like he's a massive dude run <laughs> you get out of the car you run oh ma'am why are you running pew, pew. like a karen <laughs> voice kind of thing <laughs> did i tell you to run can you run did I do that? <laughs> like a very, a very like American Psycho vibe. No, I feel like it dude. was probably pretty scary. It was probably raspy. Oh yeah, I would, I would shit my pants because this dude was literally built like massive. Like he was, he was a big dude. Um, and going back to like the gun and like using it for for kind of a, a specific type of assault, really, really terrible. Um, but that is where in this urban legend you usually hear about like a hook or something metal or something like that is because of that specific moment right so yeah super super fun stuff that plays into like i couldn't imagine like going through trauma and then people being like oh by the way this is an urban legend now like yeah i mean it's more when it's like oh yeah we're gonna do a true crime documentary on it we're gonna do this we're gonna yeah, do but that like that's traumatizing legend, too yeah yeah, like, that's that's scary. So uh, both Jimmy and Mary survived the attack and reported, reported it to the police immediately. They knew he was tall and both guessed that he was around 30 years old, but the flashlight had made it nearly impossible to identify him. The police dismissed their claims and were convinced that the couple actually knew their assailant and wanted to cover for him. Why? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they were just like, no, um, probably because they were just two, two like, young adults kind of just chilling, um, doing something they really weren't supposed to be doing. Um, so they just, they absolutely dismissed them. Like, I can't even imagine. No. Ugh. I'd, I'd be very upset. So a second incident happened a month later on March 24th. There was a small dirt pull-off just south of U.S. Highway 67 West where a motorist passed the side of the road on his normal route. He noticed a car that looked suspicious. Once the motorist got out of the vehicle to check on the driver, he found a terrible scene. And this, okay, I know you're going to say it, so I'm just going to read it. <laughs> 29-year-old Richard L. Griffin and his girlfriend, 17-year-old Polly Ann Moore, were both found dead. Yep, I know, I know, I know. 
I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Carly just like hung her head, and I was like, "Shit!" Like, you know, it's it's not important to the story. It's not, but like, it still grossed me out yeah. really bad. Yep. Yeah, it was, it's not great, folks. Like, that's not fantastic. Like, I understand it was, like, the 60s, but come on. Yeah. Yikes. Stop it. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So Richard was on his knees with his head resting on his crossed hands while Polly laid face down in the back seat. Both people were shot in the back of the head execution style outside of the car, but were later placed within the car um, where the police found them. There was congealed blood that covered the running board which is like essentially the bottom uh part of the car where like the door kind of meets the ground yes yes yeah so there was congealed blood found there and there was also a .32 cartridge casing uh that presumably belonged to like a cult pistol found at the scene okay yeah So there were rumors going around that Polly had been sexually assaulted, but according to reports released recently by the law enforcement at the scene, this was incorrect. Uh, And that is that is literally all I know about that murder. Hmm. Um, I do want to point out that obviously this is escalated from the last attack. Way, like, Um, like, tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. And it also it um, the timeline, the all like this crime being a month apart from the last one kind of points towards like serial killer behavior. Um, So it's definitely escalated. So another month after that, on April 14th, another crime kind of rocked the city of Texarkana. It was 1.30 a.m. on a Sunday when teenagers Paul Martin, age 17, and Betty Jo Booker, age 15, left a concert at the VFW Club on West 4th and Oak Street. Neither of them ever made it back home. Paul was found the following morning at 6.30 a.m. He was laying on his left side uh, on an embankment on North Park Road. There was blood on the other side of the road by the fence, suggesting that he was killed on one side and either crawled to the other side or um, was moved there. Mm-hmm. Paul had been shot four times from behind. Wow. Um, also execution style, which I think is very telling as well. Yes. Yeah, so... A search party was formed by 11.30 a.m., and Betty Jo Booker's body was located about two miles from the original crime scene. Interesting. She was fully clothed. Yeah, yeah, that was that was weird. Um, it was something different from from the rest it's, kind of saying that, like... It's very strange, oh, yeah, too, moved. because I know just based off of the fact that you're telling the story that it's obviously the same person, but mm-hmm. if I didn't know that... I don't really see much connection. Yeah, other than um, that whole Lover's Lane thing, them being parked on the side. Yes. uh, There isn't too much connection. Uh, The first two crimes, I think, were connected, like, very, very easily. Um, And I think the second and the third one were connected to each other, which is, it's kind of like, it's like this weird graphical line of, like, things are escalating and this guy is getting kind of more bold when it comes to what he's doing. Right. Um, I don't know if the masks ever changed, obviously, because the only two people that ever saw him were the first two couple. Right, right. Um, and it's but like I'm the other. He probably wore something other than a pillowcase. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he wore something, but obviously we don't know because the people that would have saw him are unfortunately not with us. Thank you.
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's. I think the other connection is they're all couples. Yeah, like, they're all pretty um, young, too. Yeah, yeah, except for fucking Richard, yeah, man. But like, I, I was trying to, <laughs> trying to beat around the bush with that one. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Richard, man. Like, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, definitely a yikes. So uh, when they did find Betty, she was fully cl- clothed and seemingly posed by the perpetrator with her hand in one pocket of her jacket. She had been shot twice in the head by a .32 Colt pistol. And you said the gun that the first two were assaulted with, was that a pistol as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was a .32 Colt pistol okay. for okay. all three. Okay, okay. Um, what they're assuming, obviously the first, the I mean, like, the second one, definitely a .32 Colt pistol. Found the but the first yeah. one... Yeah, the first one, I mean, was no just, no shots were fired right, right. at all. It was so. just based off of what they saw. Yeah, yeah. He was he was getting his foot in. His foot in. His foot in. <laughs> his foot in. The South Carolina came out on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the car was actually found another three miles from the scene parked outside of Spring Lake Park. The keys were still in the ignition, but the car was not running. There was no conclusion on who was shot first, though law enforcement did say they both put up a tremendous struggle based on their injuries. Okay. Yeah, which is really, really sad. Really sad. Yeah. So, just under another month passed before the fifth and final attack occurred. It was Friday, May 3rd, just before 9 p.m. Virgil Starks, age 37, and his partner Katie Starks, age 36, were about to go to bed for the night. They lived in a small farmhouse right off of Highway 67 East, which was just outside of Texarkana, so it wasn't necessarily in the city, um, but it was maybe like three or four miles away from it. Like, they, they were pretty close. So while Virgil sat in his recliner reading the day's paper, he was shot point blank in the back of the head twice from a closed window right behind him. Katie heard the commotion from upstairs and Virgil seemed shocked. He had actually stood up after being shot um, and just kind of like stood there for a little bit. Like what the fuck is going on before he collapsed and died pretty much immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah, so his, I think that's that's wild to me, is, like, his brain did not catch up with the right. fact that, like, he had literally been shot. Yeah. Um, right through the back of the skull. Yeah. So. That's so scary. Yeah. It is, it is really scary. Like, I can't imagine Katie coming down the stairs and seeing, like, her husband just, like, drenched in blood, just kind of, like, and standing there. And all of a sudden, like, like catch, ugh. That's terrible. Yeah, and just drop, and then not knowing what happened, like, clearly your husband just collapsed, the window's broken right behind him, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, it's, it's terrible. So, from there, Katie got to the wall phone and immediately dialed the police. The phone rang twice before another shot was fired, and this one actually hit Katie right in the face. (gasps) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She fell to her knees before regaining her footing, and she actually fumbled with her own pistol because she had her own gun on her. Um, but she she never fired it because she was blinded by her own blood at oh. this point. Um, yeah, she she did not know what was going on, and uh, she did hear the killer enter through the back door. And Katie then got up. Mind you, she's shot in the face. She got up and she stumbled onto the front lawn and she ran to her neighbor, A.V. Prattner's house. And 
he remembers her saying Virgil's dead before collapsing from her injuries. Um, yeah. So Prater then fire, fired his own rifle into the air. Uh, since they were in the country, he he did this to trigger their next door neighbor. Um because the neighbor, Elmer Taylor, actually had a car. Um, from there, they actually put Katie in the backseat of the car and drove her to Michael Meeker Hospital, where she recovered from her injuries and gave the police all the information she had about that night. Um, and like I said, the Virgil gunshot in the survive. air was their smoke signal or their like bat signal. Like when one of them heard yeah. a gunshot in the air, they're like, oh, okay, be there in a second. <laughs> he's like, like hold on give me one second it's like a flare oh he let's go like he imagine just like one of them shoots one in the air and it's like oh let me go see what my boy wants oh hey i just need to borrow some sugar <laughs> literally he just always shoots a warning shot right into the air right. and if i was katie i'd be so fucking scared like yeah she's passed the fuck out obviously but like another gunshot right. i would just be like can't shitting my anything. pants Literally, because she's fucking blinded. Right. Um, I don't know the extent of her injury, um, but from what I read, I think she made a full recovery after nice. getting shot awesome. in the face. Yeah. She's a, she's a badass. Oh, and, yeah. Um, did you see the movie X? No. Okay, I was about to say, there's a sequence kind of towards the end with, like, a wall phone and a, and a, and a shotgun, and it, it reminds me of it. Okay. It really, really does. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend. So the police buckled down on their assumptions that Mary, that Mary Larry, and Jimmy Hollis from the first attack knew the identity of their attacker, through, uh, though the cases weren't even connected publicly until May 11th. After they leaned off Hollis and Larry, they brought in the FBI, who aided in the investigation. Over 200 people were questioned in the case, and 200 false leads were also followed by law enforcement. There were three people who were reported to come home that night or the nights of the actual crime, uh, covered in blood for some reason. So, like, out of those 200 suspects, there were three people who were covered in blood, um, but all three of those were actually cleared of suspicion, and that's the only thing that they said, is like, oh, yeah, no, they were actually cleared of it. So, I don't know. I think that's weird, but I guess, like, there's a ton of reasons to come home covered in blood. I don't What do you mean know. a ton of reasons? What's it? Give me five. Um, you're a farmer, um, you work at, like, a roller rink, um, <laughs> uh, That's you, you fell down, um, you work at, like, a paint studio, so it really wasn't blood, it was just paint, <laughs> um, you're a butcher, so, I don't think any of those are valid, um, <laughs> I feel like the farming and the butching one is pretty, pretty, a butcher, pretty valid. But they, it's a, it's a, a butcher wears like, you know, this is just me stereotyping because I don't even eat meat, so I like don't pay attention to butcher shops. <laughs> but like in movies, they just they wear a smock, so their clothes don't get dirty. Yeah, and also, could you imagine like working as a butcher and coming home to like your wife and her being like, oh, "You're covered in blood. I'm gonna report you to the yeah. FBI." And they're just like, "Linda, I work <laughs> at a butcher." Right, and like the <laughs> like, farmer, you know this. The farmer as well. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there are a ton of reasons. Um, so I don't fucking know. I feel like that is hard to clear people unless all three of those people got in bar fights the same night. That like these people were murdered like 
Yeah. What I, clears them of suspicion? Like, did, were, do you think they were brought in, like, separately and said, okay, now that we know you're not part of this case, like, what's going on with you? Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. They'd be like, what the fuck, man? Right. <laughs> so, um, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, but I have to mention it. Uh, the newspaper gave the killer the name the phantom killer and they gave frequent updates to the public about the investigation through media uh they wanted to ease the minds of everyone the case brought a lot of manpower including a full fleet of prowl cars that had two-way radios and a teletype machine um which was like extremely sophisticated technology at this Mm -hmm. point um the thing that i hate is when people people name serial killers like don't don't do that i know you're just giving it to like exactly what they want literally like the phantom killer is a cool fucking name Mm -hmm. why would you do that like he literally wore a pillowcase over his head and you're gonna call him the phantom killer come on fucking dumb so on march 30th law enforcement had posted a 500 hundred dollar reward and they got a hundred false leads called in all of them which were followed after the Booker and Martin murders happened, the reward was lifted to $1,700, and then after the attack on the Starks, it rose again to $7,025, which is such wow. a weird number. Um, and then within 10 more days, the reward had stalled at $10,000. Wow. Yeah. Which I'm sure generated so many false leads. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So for the first part of the investigation, the Stark murder was actually connected to the other two, uh, but it was soon disconnected from everything and kind of had like a completely different MO. The weapon used was actually a point twenty two instead of a point thirty two. Okay. And it happened in a house. Yes. So yes. um That's it, what Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same it, thing. Right. Like there's there was really no connection to it. Um, other than it happened within a month. Um, and unless this guy was just escalating and then finally, like, didn't want to get caught, um, I don't see this... Being connected. ...with any yeah. connection. Yeah. Um, but it is famously connected with the case, so I figured I would mention it. Um, at least a little bit. <laughs> so, Texarkana was previously known as a super safe community, but as the murders built up, so did the mass hysteria. People started locking their doors. They started arming themselves with guns. There were a few families that actually boarded up the windows after the Stark murders. Stores were selling out of venti and blinds and screen door hooks, night latches, and protective devices. The classifieds in the local paper usually consisted of people searching for guard dogs. Oh, nice. Yeah, there was, there was a lot. And then on April 18th, for some reason, a rumor was spread that the killer had been caught. The chief of police had to hold a conference to dispel those rumors. Law enforcement had to repeatedly explain that any rumor uh, that was going around took their focus away from the case. And that didn't stop word from different things, like actually spreading fear to the community. It even went as far as creating a certain type of vigilantism in town. Of course. Um, Yeah, because why not? It's Texas. (laughs) A group of people would park on Lover's Lane around the county and wait for someone to attack them in order to apprehend the phantom. There was an incident where the police, where a police officer actually pulled up behind a parked car and asked if the teenagers inside were scared. Um, the girl in the passenger seat pulled out a pistol and stated, it's a good thing you told me who you were. 
So it was not only, like, just people who were, like, on the lookout for this, like, serial killer, but it was teenagers? It was all teenagers, um, actually. There was another teenager uh, who followed a truck. He was he was following a bus, um, and he was following, like, really, really close. And the cops tried to pull him over, but he didn't pull over. So the cops were like, oh, my God, this is the Phantom. And then they eventually pulled the kid over and he was literally a teenager and he was just like oh i saw someone like weird get on the bus so i was like you know tracking him and they're just like you you gotta stop that's so bad yeah so bad don't do that guys don't try to close a case or find a murderer by yourself never do that yeah i know we all watch stranger things and we all watch scooby-doo and we all watch fear street and we think we're investigators but honestly like we're not as much as i'd love to think i am i'm not i know i'm not yeah i know my limits like (laughs) i'm not gonna do that it's it's fucking wild um and also the fact that the perpetrator is called the phantom i think adds to the scooby-doo thing of all of it (laughs) like uh the phantom (laughs) like it's fucking wild so, um, there were a lot of suspects in the case. Uh, there were, like, close to, like, 10 to 12. Um, I'm only going to touch on two of them, because uh, these were, like, the main two that they kind of circled in on. Um, so, there was a man named Yule Swinney. He was 29 years old, and he was actually a car thief that was arrested in July and questioned for the murders. There was a lot of circumstantial evidence against him, and Swinney's wife said that he had confessed to the crimes in detail. Um, but the wife's story changed multiple times, and law enforcement actually tried to verify her story for over six months. But Swinney had a solid alibi during all of the cl- crimes, including, like, sleeping off his hangover under, like, an overpass where, like, hundreds of people saw him sleeping under this overpass. So, you know. Yeah. We're, pretty. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing came out of that. And then another one that I think was really interesting to me was someone by the name of H.B. Tennyson. He was that, actually 18 him. years old. It's him. You, you think it's him? Because D- it D- sounds like D.B. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I know. Did you hear about uh like the past like couple week week or so? Um actually I think it was like in the past month. Uh the guy at SeaTac Airport, which is where the DB Cooper incident happened, who also stole a plane. What? Yeah. No, I did not hear yeah, about that. Yeah, there's like he he like I think he worked there. And he, like, stole a plane and, like, and then crashed it into an island. Interesting. But, yeah, just... It's a fun way to put your two-week notice in, like... <laughs> no, he died. Oh, well... Yeah, he... I, I think they said it It was looked, not funny, I'm it sorry. It looked like a suicide. But very elaborate suicide. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. I mean, god damn. Yeah, just, I... All right, go on with the story tangent no i damn oh yes i think he did it because it sounds like db it does sound like db wait i gotta burp sorry leave that in i will (laughs) so he was actually an 18 year old freshman who committed suicide on november 4th 1948 yeah He actually knew Brooker in high school and actually confessed to the crimes in his suicide note. But after his death, some someone, actually a couple people came forward uh, and informed law enforcement that during the murders, uh, he was actually with 
them the entire time playing cards, so he had nothing to do with it. Why would he confess um, to it? I don't know. Uh, but they, I mean, as soon as these witnesses came forward, the cops were just like, okay, bet. So. That just doesn't make any sense yeah. why you would confess to it, though. I know. I don't know. Maybe because, like, he, like, wanted people to pay attention to him, um, which sounds, sounds really, really bad. Um, but that's, that's, like, my only thing is, mm-hmm. like, that would be his motive. So, despite having more than 10 su- suspects in total, the case has actually never been solved. It remains infamous in the town of Texarkana. The main reason for this is the 1976 film, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which I still have not seen, um, because I have a specific reason. Do you remember in the second case that we talked about, or actually it was the third case, the third case that we talked about, um, where the car was found three miles away from the bodies. Let me just go refresh my memory quick. (laughs) I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast. I didn't eat breakfast, that's why. Um. What do you mean, refresh your memory? (laughs) The third episode we did? No, no, Um, I meant, like, today. Oh! (laughs) Like... Yeah. I was oh, like, yes. Yes. Mean? Okay. I thought you meant like you're tracking back to like one of the first episodes we did. No. Oh my God. No. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. I heard that. Yeah. We're gonna wait for a second. Move. 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 My God. Is that somebody yelling? No, it's a dog. I heard. I hear the there dog, are- but I thought I heard somebody yelling too. There was someone yelling, too. Yeah. I did. Oh, yep. At the dog? No. I don't know. I live in a suburban neighborhood. There's a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Yes. The car. Yes. That. This is the one that the body was found, like, across the the river or something like that. Yes. And then yeah. the girlfriend so, was found, or the girl was found two miles away. Yeah, and since the the Starks murder was like discounted, it was technically the the second and the last murder uh, right. by this person right. that we know of. Um, so the car was left by a park, and uh, to this day, the town puts on a film showing of the town that dreaded sundown in the park where the car was found. Oh, I got and chills. It was, yeah, and it was uh, maybe. I think half a mile away from where the first attack occurred with Jimmy and Mary. Right. So um, every year, every year, um, they will they will have a an outdoor showing of the movie. That's so And gross. it's like this big festival about it. Um, it's terrible, but I do want to go. So. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, and that that's actually the part that struck me the most because, like I said, I watched that Urban Legends documentary, and I was like, they do that. Like that's, that's so morbid. Wild. Yeah. It is. It is. And I think it's really, it's, it's, it's shitty of me for, to want to go, but I do just because I'm just like, what is the general vibe? Like, what are they going for? Right. You know? Right. Weird. It, it is. It is super, super weird. Um, and that has been since 2003. And, uh, um, some millennials. Yeah. Definitely millennials. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie came out uh, in 1976, but the, the 
actually, this is the Parks and Recreation of the town that's just like, we're going to do this. So they put it on every year, like the Parks and Recreation. Like these law enforcement officials are like, let's play a movie. Let's play the one about (laughs) the one that terrorized our town. Let's play the one about uh, our law enforcement being too incompetent to figure out (laughs) these people. Yikes. Big yikes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, that is the story of the Texarkana Moonlight Murders and uh, the urban legend that ensued afterwards. Yeah, and I feel like that's, like, easy, like, one of the most popular urban legends. Like, like, every crime show, every horror movie, I feel like, at some point has like touched upon that overall theme of a couple going somewhere private and yeah and i feel like did you ever watch i know what you did last summer yes a long time ago though right like uh, that is that is one of the big ones with like the hook and the car and i mean it's there was an episode of supernatural Mm -hmm. i remember that i'm pretty sure Um, like super vividly criminal minds has probably done something like that like oh they absolutely ncis all those like Every single so show, yeah, yeah. American Horror. I know Bones did an episode. American on it. Horror Story, kind of. I mean, they touch more upon actually, like, uh, clown. But <laughs> do you need to talk about clowns real quick? No. Like, are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not okay. I think I will be. But yeah, I feel like it's just a very popular urban legend. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, it's one of the big ones. I think it's up there with um, the the hotel and the keyhole that I know we've talked about a couple times. Ew, and ew, that uh, one makes me throw up. <laughs> ew, I hate that. Oh my god, I hate that one so much. I know, I know. Oh, I'm gonna throw up. You mean that's not your favorite? No. Oh my god, I can't even think about it. it oh, that's scary. That one. That one's the scariest to me. I think. That one stresses me out, too. Um, I think the Green Ribbon is by far my favorite. What's the Green Ribbon? will always be my favorite. Um, it was, like, a girl who marries this guy, and um, it's, like, Victorian times, so they've never seen each other naked or, like, kind of relaxing or anything like that. Um, and this girl that he marries always has a green ribbon around it. Oh, because her because and, her head. Yes, yeah, yes. because her head is, is chopped off. Yeah. and. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Um, it's one of my favorites. There is an author. Um, I call her CMM, uh, but it's Carmen Marie Machado, I think it is. Oh, so not uh, CM Punk, sh- the WWE wrestler? Yeah, no, not that Okay. <laughs> Centimeter Punk. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But uh, she has like a whole a whole book of urban legends that have like uh, a feminist uh, Victorian Ooh, spin just, and it's I'm very good. I'm thinking about the keyhole. I'm so thinking about the keyhole and the, and the eye buff. <laughs> I'm actually sweating too. It it stresses me out. It's something about being that close to a keyhole and like seeing someone else's eye. But you don't like, know it's an eye. No, and they're just like, oh yeah, her eye was red. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I think that one actually scares me the most. The rest of them have kind of like a... I could, like a, I could um, 100% deal with taking a ribbon off and somebody's head falling off. Same, same. I could deal with that too. I'd be like, oh, But like sick. looking what into a keyhole and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I find out that it was actually somebody's eyeball looking back at me. Fucking scary. Like that is... 
I think it's because like eyes are so intimate, and then like you're right there, and you're just like fuck. It's just like the fact that somebody, I can see this, so I know they can see me. I think it's like the fact that you're trying to watch somebody, but somebody's trying to watch you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, there's that weird, weird thing of you got caught doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. Yeah. Oh, gross. We need to stop talking about it. Okay, well, guys. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to check out any images related to this, uh, check out our Instagram, C2G Pod. Um, our Twitter handle is the same, C2G Pod. So both of them are C T O G P O D. Uh, check out our website, which is uh, linked under uh, this episode. It's also in the link in our Instagram and I believe our Twitter. And that also has a link to our Tumblr account on our website that gives uh, a little, it gives the same pictures, uh, I think, that are on our Instagram. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Everything's all connected. Yeah, so, so whatever. If you follow one, chances are you're going to see all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. So whichever, you know, platform you're most comfortable with, we got Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. So check all those out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as always. Don't look into any keyholes don't, yeah, or don't. park on a lover's lane. And if you have any stories, cases, etc., etc., you'd like us to talk about or cover, shoot us an email at submissions at gmail.com or you can actually uh, message us directly from our website. I promise you we'll answer. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, guys. No matter how busy we are, we shall answer. Stay spooky. Oh, God. <laughs>